Hey folks, this is Alex. I'm the drummer of Just a Berling Saga. You're listening to Procasts and you're loving it. Welcome back to the podcast. This is episode 66 already. And in the last weeks, we had our mid-year roundup, for example, with the return of Rune. I hope you listened to that because it was full of amazing music that was released in 2020 already. And then we had the great John Mitchell from Frost, Arena, It Bites, Kino, and of course, Lonely Robot. Um, that was a very, very fun chat. So... Go back and listen if you haven't already. And as you heard in the intro already at the very beginning, today we are back in Sweden with Alex from Jesta Berling Saga. Hi, Alex. How are you doing? Hi, I'm good. Thank you. How are you doing? Thanks for having me. I'm good. I'm good. Thank you. It's uh, very sunny in Munich, um, but we're in the Moonbase studio in the in the basement. But it's not a trap down here. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Good to hear. It feels like all bands have to um, reside in in, uh, in basements of some sort. Yeah. Right. Everything, anything music related has to go into a basement. <laughs> yeah. Also, a, lo a lot of uh, it, actually that that reminds me of uh, a running uh, gag and a joke in the German prog rock Facebook group Prog Rock DT for Deutschland and um, the the running joke is that like all the progress there they spend their summers and uh, every free time in in their basement listening <laughs> to prog <Yeah. laughs> it's funny because it's true it's true yeah exactly um, speaking of which we like to start our um, our interviews actually with a little section that we call What's in your Walkman? That means, uh, yeah, we're checking what our guests uh, have been listening to lately. Is there anything that stood out that you uh, were particularly fond of listening in the last days or weeks? Any particular songs or albums? That's a good question. I actually have to pull up my uh, Spotify account really to, uh, to figure it out. But, you know, uh, recently I've been... Um, amazed by the amazing Facebook group called Crap 80s Metal Art. In case you haven't seen it, you should check it out. Okay. Uh, where they, uh, where people collect like the, the, the crappiest artwork for any metal albums made in the 80s. And I got a lot of inspiration. Uh, so recently I've been listening a lot to uh, Death and uh, Thrash Metal, um, like Razor, Canadian band Razor is a really, really good thrash metal band. And uh, yeah, so that's probably what I've been listening to the most recently. Razor. Any particular Razor. song that stood out I, for I, you? Well, uh, both in terms of the artwork as well as for the actual, actually really, really good songs is uh, an album called Shotgun Justice. Uh, it's oh. uh, like the most amazing uh, thrash metal you can think of. It's... Um, uh, yeah, just check it out. It's super. It's you know you wouldn't believe that when you see the cover art, uh, but it's really really good. Um, and uh, there is actually 
fun fact, you know, there's this um, song on that album called The Pugilist. I'm not sure if that's even the right pronunciation of that word, but uh, I was heavily into that song maybe uh, like half a year ago. And um, then for some weird reason, one of the other guys in, in our band um, suggested the same um, track name for one of our songs for the new album without like having even listened to Razor, I think. Uh, so uh, that was like a, a sign from above or from below, depending on how you see it, uh, that we should uh, go for that one. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. I, I immediately, um, I, I recognized the the, the, the t title when you said it, because I had the album for a couple of days. I've been yeah. uh, listening to it for a bit. And yeah, that's uh, one of the songs on there. We're going to talk about the new album, uh, later definitely first i also want to give our listeners uh, a quick rundown of my walkman um i've been on a little bit of a jazzy um <laughs> uh streak there and uh the reason for that was the amazing debut single of india's groovy noodles called freedom and it's a like five minute masterpiece it's an amazing track with a bass solo with a sitar solo and the ending bit is just like full-on carnatic awesomeness um so i've been listening to that song a lot and from um from france actually a um a recommendation of my friend rune in our best of 2020 so far um that we put out two episodes back and it's a band called ekphrasis that they are uh, um also playing a very very fusiony jazzy kind of prog metal but they they do have vocals and they had their last album weird interbreeding um They released it in May, on May 15th. And yeah, also very, very good. Highly recommended. And last but not least, I also wanted to put some Swedish prog rock. We've been talking a lot about Vulkan already on the show in this year. And also we had Johan Norbeck, the drummer from Vulkan, on the show a couple of, inter uh, a, a couple of episodes back. And he actually mentioned Jöster Berling Saga and said... You guys are great, and uh, so it's cool to have you on the show today. But I wanted yeah. to, um, yeah, plug my favorite Swedish prog rock band, and that is Pathos uh, yeah. from Stockholm. And I wanted to put their their very first song on their debut album, Sensor, um, because I I love it. It's, it has a jazzy beginning, but then goes on a complete prog rock tangent. Awesome stuff, and I'm super excited that they're back um, after uh, a couple of years of uh, kind of hiatus, and I'm really looking forward to hearing some new stuff from them. Anyway, that was our What's in a Walkman section, and now we want to hear everything about Jöster Berlingsorga, of course. And I'm pretty sure a lot of our listeners haven't heard of you guys yet. Actually, I remember the name for a quite a long time I think and I also remember the cover from your second album um, 
from 2009. We had that on, on the Proglos radio where I was listening back then a lot. And, but I never really, yeah, really took the time to listen to the music until now. Um, so maybe you want to uh, give our listeners a quick overview of how the band um, developed, how the, what, what the meaning of the, of the uh, name of the band is, and a quick overview of the history of Jester Berling Saga. Right. Um, thanks. I'm gonna try to do this in a in a condensed way. I have a tendency to uh, just talk too much sometimes. But uh, basically, we uh, started out almost 20 years ago, um, and uh, we started out as a duo, just uh, playing organ and drums. And then we gradually added people and good friends to the band since we felt like our vision of what we wanted to do uh, was a bit limited by the number of hands and brains uh, in the band. Um, and then we, I think it took us a few years until we um, became a four piece and we had, um, you know, bass guitar and, and um, uh, electric guitar as well added to, to that. And it wasn't really until that point where we felt like we had something going on that we could relate to, uh, even ourselves. Um, and that was sort of when we decided to you know, try to form a proper band instead of just uh, playing music and enjoying that, which I mean, still should be one of the most important things for any band, I think. Um, but you know, when we tried to come up with a band name, I remember um, um, thinking like it would be super if we could have a name such as Justa Berling Saga, which is one of the most famous novels uh, in um, in Sweden. It's written by Selma Lagerlöf, who is a um, in Sweden very well known author. And um, um, and then I went, the more I thought of it, was like, but okay, since I seem to enjoy that the sounding of that name, why don't we just take it and make it ours? And uh, if we get any good PR, because you know, because of people wanting to sue us, maybe that could be a good thing after all, <laughs> uh, as well. So um, we just went with that. And to be honest, we it was we didn't have too many. There wasn't too much thinking behind the name in the very beginning, although it sounded very Swedish. It it had this um, you know nature esque. Um, feeling to it for us with like cold winter nights etc but i think what one of the most most rewarding things about picking that name was that uh, after a few years we started getting emails from you know other parts of the world from people saying like i i uh, discovered your music i love it and i actually uh, managed to get a copy of the book in my own language and i've read it now and i can sort of understand where you're coming from uh, which uh, I think was super uh, exciting. And um, I, I feel like in the case we would ever get sued by a publishing company, I think that would be uh, our, you know, uh, one way of trying to save ourselves, just saying that we've actually spread the word of, of this book, uh, this novel around the world. Um, so, yeah, and I think that was like briefly about the, the very beginning of this band. Um, Later on, we've always tried to um, explore what we want to do and the things, this kind of sounds that makes us um, intrigued and curious. And, you know, we're trying, we're trying to have fun. That's, uh, you know, in, in companies, you set KPIs, key performance indicators, and we have one uh, for our band, and that's fun. Uh, <laughs> if it's not fun, 
we're not doing it. And that goes still for anything that we do. We need to have fun. We, we, we um, actively avoid things that could be good for us in a uh, you know, commercial uh, sense. But if, if it's not fun, we're not doing it anyway. So uh, uh, we, we try to figure out, you know, what kind of music do we want to play? What makes it f- our bellies feel good when we play it? That's, and, that's uh, a pretty sta- straightforward philosophy, I would say. Yeah. And um, I mean, it has worked for since we're still doing this after 20 years. And we have a very collective approach to everything that we do. We don't. Uh, we avoid having our individual names on the on the credits, for instance. Everything that is being uh, taken to the band, and you know, uh, dissected and brought back together again by the band, is owned by the band. We do mm-hmm. everything together, it, it, regardless of if it's uh, you know artwork or uh, um, riffs. Uh, it becomes the band's property, sort of, and that's because we are doing this together to have fun. That's basically the, you know, the, the main idea behind everything that we do. Um, yeah, and I think that we, someone said very early on that uh, we have a pretty unique sound. Um, maybe that's true, um, but um, to be honest, it's kind of hard to find any references that we feel like we sound particularly much like. We uh, we mix everything into our big cauldron uh, of sounds, and uh, sort of what comes out comes out uh, uh, at the end is uh, probably something that you could uh, say is, is sounds much sounds much like us. <laughs> yeah. After listening to uh, a lot of Jösa Berling Saga the last days, um, I kind of came to the conclusion that sometimes I had the feeling. It's like a bastard, uh, like a um, uh, a jam rock bastard child of uh, Tangerine Dream and Kraftwerk. <laughs> wow! Yeah, that's uh, that's very flattering. Uh, two of my favorite bands. Um, um, yes, that that uh, you're making me happy now. Okay, <laughs> thank you very much. Um, it's like yeah, two. I, I don't know what to say really, but yes, uh, I would. Uh, that's a perfect uh, thing to hear. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, I mean, uh, it's instrumental, and um, yeah, your your composition, your compositions mostly or or often drive drive on a like variations on of a theme, like uh, like uh, slightly. Um, changing nuances of a theme and not like crazy breaks or anything right yeah um, that's that's something that we and I'm happy that we all seem to share um, you know that feeling in the band is that we we all think that you don't need to put in a lot of crazy stuff to make it interesting um, on the opposite it's actually um what what can become interesting it is what you um, discover in a song once you've had uh, a lot of these repetitions. And I really like monotonous music myself. 
um, some of my favorite tracks are like, you know, 30 minutes long and not much happens really. <laughs> but after like eight minutes and after 15 minutes, you start to discover some uh, parts of it that you didn't hear in the very beginning. Mm -hmm. And that's what, um, that's for instance, I listen a lot to techno music, which uh, is based on the same principle, really. You know, it's the same super minimalistic um drive behind it and you start to hear these um, nuances that you didn't in the beginning and uh, I, I think it's uh, I don't I shouldn't go too deep into this but it's it's very like tribal-esque you know uh, definitely uh, um, a quality I would uh, uh, put on to the the Jöster Berling Soga sound it would also be the tribal aspect mm. of the sound of the rhythms yeah I mean, some people hate it. Uh, some people even take the effort uh, of uh, of commenting, as, you know, writing negative comments and stuff, uh, which uh, I don't really care much about, to be honest. But uh, I, I just think the people are different, and luckily, all of us in the band have discovered the the beauty of. Uh, simplistic and minimalistic music, which sort of leaves a lot uh, to the listener instead of. Uh, you know, giving everything away, telling a story from our point of view. It's like, we're giving you this now, do whatever you want with it. <laughs> Make it yours. Yeah, leading up to the new album, Concrete Musik, um, mm. after the uh, 2018 studio album Et X, the the, it was the last studio album, until, and it was the first on Inside Out, I think. Yep. Uh, but in the meantime, you put out two live albums in 2019 and just earlier this year and yeah you have a couple of awesome live videos from the latest artifacts live release with also some cool guests um how did that release come together and uh yeah that was kind of that was that came a bit unexpected, if I remember right, because there, there was already the first uh, the first uh, live teaser videos were out, but I didn't have any information from Inside Out or for the, from the PR company. Mm -hmm. what, what's this album gonna be about and anything? So, um, right, yeah. In the in the beginning, we didn't really have a plan. Uh, for what to do with those uh, recordings and those videos. We sort of just uh, released a bunch of them. Um, and then at some point, we either we or Inside Out felt like this is actually some pretty good stuff and we should do more with this than just um, put it out on our own YouTube channel, which has very <laughs> few followers. Uh, and then we said like, okay, you know, the, the quality of the recording was so good and the videos as well. So we wanted to do something more with it. And I think it's really nice because that was the first time that we played through all of the songs from, from the At X album, uh, album. And it's a very nice uh, document of where we were at that time. Um, you know, with all of, all of the rehearsals leading up to that, trying to pull everything together and just figuring out how to play all of those songs live to start with that was a like a a studio creation in the in the beginning but then we really had to learn how to play it um, live which was interesting and challenging and fun yeah and it gives the the songs also the, the another dimension the live dimension definitely and um 
yeah, for example, the the saxophone part from Lars Orlund. Oh yes, uh, the yes. Lis- listeners, our listeners might know him from Soan, of course. Um, they just went crazy at the end there. <laughs> yes, I love it. I still get goosebumps when I listen to that part. Uh, the the sound of his his saxophone saxophone is just so deep and uh, almost like breaking up. I love it. Yeah. Awesome. So, so that was. Uh, I mean, in the in the new digital age, it's quite easy to put out a digital album in a like short period of time after the decision. Let's do it. Mm. Um, yeah. Um, but the new album, it is called Concrete Music, as yep. we already established is out on July 24th and it's gonna be the sixth studio album of Josta Berling Saga and yeah why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, how this album came together how you approached it if there was any differences uh, in the process compared to the previous albums yeah um, so Let's see here. I need to think a little. Um, I think that we basically said, uh, I, in order to describe how this came together, I think I just need to go back a bit in in time to and talk about how how we got our shit together a few years ago. It uh, everything was super tedious. Um, maybe like a five years ago, everything took a lot of time. There were a lot of discussions around anything and everything, and when we released at X, it was a, like a testament to ourselves that we could actually pull things off without too much uh, hassle. We could, um, you know, our machinery worked pretty well when we got into it. And um, that's why we decided to go into the studio and record this new album um, fairly soon after the release of the previous one. Um, and you know, when we mentioned this to people around us, like that, uh, that we actually were in the studio recording again, they were like, but you just released an album. It just came out. And we were like, yeah, we know, but we we seem to understand how to get things done quickly this time uh, or since a few years ago. So, um, and that that's just a magnificent feeling, uh, you know, feeling that you have the capacity uh, to, to, um, to walk the walk and not just talk the talk. So we we went into the studio with a bunch of ideas. Um, and like it says in our biography, um, the recent one is that we basically just had these skeletons of songs. And what we used to do in the past was to try to pick maybe like seven songs that were in the same vein to try to create a whole. This time around, instead of trying to find a common thread, we just said like, let's try to get as much of the good stuff into the album as we possibly can. It doesn't really matter if they don't sound anything like each other. Let's just do it and pull them apart and see what we can do with it and make these tunes ours. And that's why the new album has 12 songs on it. Some are super short, some are a bit longer, but we don't really have any prog rock uh, you know, epics on it this time which felt like a bit of a relief as well, because we proved to ourselves that we can actually uh, feel happy about what we do, even though we don't have to aim for the stars in terms of uh, 
tract lengths, really. And that's not really, yeah, it was an, a bit of an experiment. But we get this stuff done um, not super quickly, but efficiently. And we um, learned so much about our process and how we can discuss around things and try to agree on what to to do, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and as you probably heard since you've been listening to this, it, it is pretty varied, don't you think? Um, yeah, absolutely. So the first the first single uh, people might have already heard was Basement Traps, actually. I was referring yep. to that uh, song, of course, at the very beginning of this episode. Yeah. I made this little I joke. got it. Yeah, 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 I got it. I got it. <laughs> um, and it's, uh, yeah, speaking of track length, it's not even uh, three minutes long, but it feels like a complete track. And it's yeah. very, very um, Kraftwerk. Like <laughs> it is uh, with a simple yeah. melody, and uh, you also have a video for that. And mm. I thought it was uh, quite cool, uh, like the the band in the lab environment being tested and probed. <laughs> yeah, and yep. um, yeah, it was a nice uh, touch to it that you uh, yeah dedicated this to the medical workers. Um, who are doing a great job and yeah that was, yep. that was cool but then the other uh, for the title track the other um music video was totally different yes uh, how, yeah. how did you come up with this idea and both sound and visuals yes um well um i think so the first one was a collaboration where the idea came from the the director and the the guy who made the video uh, called Martin Gustafsson, super great guy. Um, the second one was uh, more of a like a band idea. We had we were discussing this internally. What would be a fun way to present um, a fairly monotonous and hard pumping instrumental track? And uh, we said like it would be great if we could. Make a make it into a karaoke video, uh, because it just doesn't make any sense. Uh, but still, also since we have this, um, people I don't think that people should expect exactly. Ex, they, people shouldn't expect uh, what we're up to, or they, hopefully they can't. So we thought that maybe if someone were, was watching this video, they thought that at some point the guy in the video actually would start singing. Uh, but then, yeah. Uh, he never really does that. So um, I think, yeah, the, it was a different thing. Uh, more of a band collaboration on that one. And we, um, um, of course, with the input of the uh, Carl, a guy who filmed this for us. Um, so it turned out, I think it turned out well. And uh, again, it's it's it's, it's varied. Uh, we like to sort of go into a lot of different directions. And maybe that's why um, we're still a bit underground, I guess, because it's hard for people to understand really what we're up to. We don't have this uh, uh, one sound, uh, but we have a lot of different sounds. And some people might might like only the more electronic stuff that we do. Um, I know that people have, you know, playlists on Spotify with only the electron more electronic uh, tracks that we've done because that's what they like and then they um, don't listen to the more the rock tracks really um, but that's fine it's uh it's, it's like a patchwork of, of ideas mm-hmm. yeah I, I i thought with a with a, a video for concrete music um yeah it pr- kind of proved that even though the rhythm is quite tricky 
It's such a hard rocking track, it, and and it, it proves that Yesta uh, uh, Berling Saga is indeed danceable music. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Despite and I'm still amazed cool. by people. You know, when we play live, people dance. Some people dance, uh, which makes me just so happy. I think we have a pretty diverse audience as well, uh, to be honest, and uh, that's just lovely to see. Yeah, and, and another um, comparison uh, that came up in my mind. Um, yesterday or today, something like that, uh, was that you just mentioned you're still a bit underground. Yeah, I thought, yeah, um, there was another, yeah, quite bigger release uh, of an instrumental uh, parenthesis prog band um, called Long Distance Calling. And their, mm. um, their approach is very, like the... They're, they're very perfect like their their studio sound is very very perfected mm. and um even even though you you have these you, the repetitious and min, minimalist approach there's still something something um something earthy in the Gustav Berling saga sound i think mm. um that uh, doesn't um Yeah, make it too perfect. Not, right. Not yeah. not saying that uh, that uh, long distance calling is too perfect, but it's just yeah, it's a different approach uh, of sound. Right, and that's actually something that we are um, doing on purpose. We we like the gritty sound. We like the gritty approach. I would, I mean, it's not optimal for a label such as Inside Out, but we do love the punk rock aesthetics um, and the feeling of stuff not being too perfect the, the imperfections and sometimes when, when we have when we mess up during takes we keep the ones that actually aren't too uh, good sounding just to add some extra grit to that um, and because I, I I want people to, I mean there are different views on how how you should create music i think lemmy said once that you know uh, of motorhead he said that people don't come to shows to see people who are just like yourselves they want to see rock stars um that's one way of looking at it that we, you should go the extra mile or something to to be different from from the audience what i would rather rather like to think of it is that we i want to make music that is relatable to people that they can feel like maybe something subliminal uh when they listen to this a, a, a different sense of uh, relationship to the music so um that's i think why or at least why i like the idea of having a bit of grit in the music um nice uh so my 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 favorite part of the album i just wanted to mention it here is uh, actually in the second track Vinsta Yultklokka, uh, right? Yeah. The the <laughs> the second part, the the where where the harmonies just open up, is just pure goosebumps. I really love that when when suddenly, yeah, there's so yeah. so much the harmony blooming. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, have to. Yeah, I like that. That's actually one of my favorite tracks as well. Uh, we didn't pick that for one of the singles, though. But uh, for anyone who hasn't heard it yet, uh, hopefully it, be, it will be a, a good surprise or a, a good exp experience. Yeah, um, great. Uh, to finish off this uh, little episode here, um, 
were there any uh, live actions already planned before the whole corona thing went down how did it, it affect you as a band um yeah yeah good question so uh, well as for existing plans we only have and i'm saying have because you never know um where this is uh, how this is going to go but we have still it hasn't been cancelled um a show in oslo norway in i think october or something um so we'll see how that goes um i think the second thing is that we were sort of planning on um booking shows which never really happened um so that's one way it has affected us but then the third thing is that to be honest we are fortunate enough to have other daytime jobs um so we're not directly affected um as individuals by this mess of a pandemic uh, so we're good uh, in terms of um, surviving um, but I, I feel a bit sad for people who have put everything into music um, that are right now, like, you know, grounded by it. And I really hope that I know that you've done a good job in Germany supporting uh, artists uh, with um, where I see you sort of uh, <laughs> nodding, but not quite. But uh, I mean, in Sweden, things haven't been uh, working really well. And I know a lot of people who are you know, basically have no income, uh, which, uh, which is sad. Yeah. yeah. Um, f funny thing is as we're recording this, it's, um, today is Friday, uh, July 10th. Um, so two, almost two weeks, two weeks before the release of the album and, and almost two weeks before the this episode is going to be released. But as far as I know, Leprous are playing a show in Oslo tonight. Mm -hmm. So uh, fingers crossed if things don't go worse again. Wow. Uh, I, okay. I would would assume that uh, hopefully your, your um, appearance, your show will go forward there as well. And of course, we all hope... Um, for the sake of the creative and the music uh, industry and community uh, all around the world, that and mm. and for uh, also <laughs> for everyone that that things will um, go back to a state where it's possible to do live shows again, to experience live shows again as a fan and. Um, yeah, I hope you, you guys will be able to uh, present this new album, Concrete Musik, uh, mm. further. <laughs> Maybe Thank ne you. next Thank year. You so much. <laughs> yeah, we'll see what, what happens. All right. Uh, thank you so much for taking the time and uh, talking to us. Um, all the best for the, for, for, the, for the release of Concrete Musik. That's so, so weird because it sounds like. Uh, uh, it's almost German, like <laughs> yeah, yeah. But we we have a lot of a lot in common in terms of language, I think. Uh, and of course, and it remind it reminded me of uh, of the um, musique concrète, which was exactly. a movement uh, in the at the beginning of the last century with a lot of tape recordings and uh, stuff. Exactly. So that's one of the reasons why of the name, really. It's a it's a play with words. Um, so there is some some inspiration from from that movement in this album as well. I thought so. 
All right. Yep. All, all the best to you. Um, uh, thank, thank you so much. Thank you for being on the podcast. Uh, thank you to our listeners for listening. As always, take care of yourselves, take care of your loved ones, and listen to Konkret Musik. The broadcast is a production of Stuas Media and is recorded at the Moonbase Studios in Munich. It is produced by Randy M. Salo, Janine Stengel-Lewis, Blake Lewis, Kai Metzner, and Dario Albrecht. Our theme music is by This Is Not An Elephant.